You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is a Friday edition. I haven't done a Friday before. I normally do Mondays and Thursdays, but I'm doing Friday this week because I missed earlier this week due to traveling from Summer League. And if you listened to the episode that dropped yesterday, then you heard my story about me getting engaged this past weekend and all the traveling that came along with that. But yesterday's episode went so well that I thought I'd do a part two and today it is Andrew Salap from Combo's Court. What's up, man? How are you today? Raphael, I'm doing well. I feel like we're on a run, man. This might be like three podcast recordings in the span of five days, but I'm glad to be back on, man. It means a lot to me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it is. It is our third our third uh, podcast in the last, yeah, I guess last four days, to be honest with you. I think, yeah, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, last, last four days. In terms of recordings, I still got to get ours out, <laughs> but I will. I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out there, man. You know, the people, they, they want to hear it. They want to hear it. Well, the yours, sure. were, I mean, it was so good yesterday. I had to break it up into two. And this is this is part two. This is, I guess, the, the summer league, the summer league wrap up. And we spent a lot of time talking yesterday about the, the players in the Eastern Conference. And today I wanted to, you know, just run a few names by you. And even though we mostly talked east we did talk about the the guys from the the rockets yesterday but we didn't get a chance to really talk about Kaminga and Moody what were your thoughts on those two guys I thought that Kaminga really showed I mean he he showed some flashes of of what he he can do he's still young he it's weird because he's still raw right Mm -hmm. but he averaged 17.6 rebounds the three-point shot didn't didn't look too good. Shot less than twenty-eight percent from three. But what were your thoughts on Kaminga? And then we'll get to Moody after that. Just a crazy athlete, you know. That's what really comes to mind. I remember one defensive play. I saw him get off the floor quicker than I've seen seen a guy get off the floor in a long time. Like he gets off the floor really quick. Um, obviously. He's best in transition, in my opinion, and I think he tries to play to those strengths. He tries to get downhill and play in transition. Um, as you said, the shot definitely needs to get better, but it doesn't look terrible. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because when it doesn't look terrible, what are you going to fix? Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't go in for some reason. Um, Moody, I'm really high on, man, because I know everybody was saying that he was the safe pick, but I think his like ceiling is really high. I mean, he's 3 and D. But he's also a really good athlete. Um, he could get to the rim real nicely. I, I just think that guy's going to be a really good NBA player. So you think he's a really good athlete? Like I don't see who, like, who, who Kaminga or Moses? Uh, Moses Moody. I would say an underrated athlete for sure. Okay, because yeah. I don't see like the crazy first step or like crazy like quick twitchy vertical poppy if that's even a word explosive. But I do. I think he is an underrated athlete, but he's not the athlete as Kaminga. Oh no, no, he's not the. I mean, in terms of strength and speed, and just yeah, as as you said, vertical poppy. Yeah, <laughs> not the yeah. same, man. Not the same. But uh, I think he's a pretty good athlete. Like I was. Here's a good way to put it. He impressed me with his, with his athleticism more in person than he did on the film. 
Yeah. I would yeah. say that about Moody. Yeah. All right. So if there were, if you had to choose between the two, I don't know if both can crack the Warriors rotation this year. Who do you think is more ready to come in and contribute right away? If you had to choose between Ooh. one of the two. I think Moody is more NBA ready right now. Yeah. Um, and I think Kaminga has a better chance to get minutes, especially if he's like maybe playing the four or five in a small ball type lineup. I don't think he's ready to play the three in the NBA, like coming off pick and rolls and making reads. I think you like get him up and down in transition rim run. Um, yeah. I think he could maybe get in there if he's a four or five, but at the guard position, it's going to be tough for how raw he is at this moment. So I would say Moody is the short answer. Yeah. And, and they both, I mean, I think are going to play the, the same position, the, the Warriors' wing depth. I mean, you, you consider uh, Clay and, and Wiggins are there. So, yeah, I, I think that Moody is probably – I think he's he, he probably has a more plug-and-play role than Kaminga, but I think Kaminga has the, the higher upside. All right, um, we, we didn't cover all the Rockets guys, uh, but what was your thoughts on Garuba? Even though he, he came late, only played three games, the numbers don't really stand out. Four points, eight rebounds per game. He averaged a little under three assists, and he averaged two steals, almost a block per game. Did you get a chance to really evaluate Usman Garuba? I watch a little bit. I mean, he, know, he always knows where to go on defense. I think Summer League is not a place where he's going to be like, you know, it's not his style of play, I don't think. I think he's going to be more valuable when, you're going to really get down into your defensive system. Well, who knows if the Rockets are going to do that this year, but yeah. I mean, he really knows how to play team defense, help defense. Obviously he can slide his feet and raise. Um, but yeah, the offense does need some work, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to consider that he went from playing in the Olympics and then, I mean, I've traveled and I know you've traveled. That's, yeah. that's not easy to do. Go from, one part of the world, your body gets adjusted. And then to Vegas, it's already tough if you're going from like Europe to New York, which is like right. a six hour difference. But going from Tokyo to the West Coast, man, that's, that's got to be like a 15 hour time difference. So I had tweeted and I was saying it jokingly, but I was also being serious at the same time. I was like, yeah, he's playing. And this is during his first game. I was like, he's playing like he has jet lag still because he just looked like a a step slow on offense and, and he just looked out of sync. But I thought he did show some some flashes of what he's capable of, especially on the on the defensive end of the floor. I, yeah, I know how that is. One time I went overseas and they put me right in with the physical testing where they strap you up to a bike uh, and they, they, you know, they attach all these wires to you. Uh, man, I basically passed out, but they still passed me. Like my heart was working good, but I pretty much passed out right after because of the jet lag. So I really know how that is. Um, I had to do that and go right to practice. And man, it's not a great feeling to play like that under those kind of conditions, you know? Yeah. I haven't done it from the, the basketball aspect of it, but I have done it from travel. I had a friend tell me that he, uh, caught a flight from Houston to Finland. As soon as he got off the plane, he had to play a guy one-on-one -on -one, and it was basically, you know, if he would have lost, then <laughs> basically he was playing the guy that they wanted him to replace. <laughs> he said it was like this weird situation. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What country is it? That is, that is really I, strange. I, I think he said it's Finland. So he got off the plane, you know, he's jet lagged and like, you're going straight to practice. 
And then they were kind of teaching him some some sets here and there. And then they just basically wanted him and the guy that they wanted him to replace to just <laughs> battle it out. And so he's oh. uh he said he ended up winning the game. He said he don't know how, but he just thought, like, I'm not getting back on this plane and flying right back. So I've heard some pretty crazy stories. Rafael, does that make any sense to you from a team perspective? That doesn't even make a little bit of sense to me. No, but, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> things in Europe don't really make any sense, especially that is. Now, I heard a lot of crazy things in Europe. That's a new one, though. That is yeah. crazy. And I remember hearing this story before I really knew anything about European basketball. It was just a story where the guy was like, he was jet lagged. And he said there was no way he was getting back on that flight. Because I think he probably got picked up mid-season. So maybe like January. So he was already like, you know, yeah. struggling yeah, I- mentally and not knowing if he was going to play. And then when he got the opportunity, he was like, I'm not going back home because... I- I got, I got, I got to give you a quick story about overseas basketball to give people some perspective. Real quick, I won't even say any names because I don't want to put them out there. And they're both actually like really good guys that became friends of mine. But one guy was with me preseason. They didn't look, they didn't like how he looked in practice. So before the first game even started, they had the other guy on his way. The guy who was already there had like twenty-eight and ten his first game. They wanted to keep him after that, but they had to replace him because the other guy was on this on his way, and they already set up the deal. So. it's just yeah it's a it's a crazy business (laughs) i got a story that atop that so and i won't name the names but i was uh i even named the country it was china so you know how crazy china is yeah um they got a call in like january and they were like hey you know we want to replace this guy and uh, my friend's agency was like yeah they're gonna replace such and such and you know we we interested if you want to go out there it's like i I definitely want to go out there so I'm looking at the stats and I see 38, 6, 42, 7, 53 and 8, 35. I'm like, why are they want to replace this guy? He's putting up crazy numbers, even though, you know, crazy numbers in China are the norm for American guys. Right. So the guy had one game where he went 13 for 30. Now, now this went on for literally two weeks, two weeks. My bags are packed and they keep saying, all right, you know, you're going to have a flight leave in the morning. So every day for two weeks, I'm literally rotating the same clothes because I don't want to unpack. And finally, I was like, okay, there's no need to replace this guy. He's He was like fifth in the league in scoring or whatever. He had one game where he went 13 for 30. The next thing you know, I get a call. You got a flight leaving out tomorrow morning. <laughs> so so me and, and, and the player, we get there. And um, once we get there, you know, we got to go to Hong Kong and then we're in Hong Kong for a few days. And then from Hong Kong, we go to like Beijing and they hide. I mean, we our flight from Hong Kong to Beijing was like two o'clock in the morning and they didn't want anyone to know that, you know, the guy that I was with was coming into the country. So they just kind of tell us, don't go anywhere, don't do anything. Then they put us in a hotel in a random part of Beijing where there's like no americans or no imports or whatever and um so we stay there for like a week and we're training trying to get used to the and i mean i was just putting him through work i was trying to get used to the schedule whatever and then the guy that they wanted him to replace had another bad game and then next thing you know they send a private jet to pick us up and take us to the city (laughs) then they put the two guys you know the two american players the replacement guy and the in they put them like in this, we, we stayed in this mansion and they put us, they put those two guys in a room right next to each other. Talk about weird. 
So that is strange. So then uh, the guy that they wanted to replace, he it's a game day. He goes out and he has he could have scored 50, but they were winning. And the, the, the coach didn't put him in like the last 10 minutes of the game. So he wouldn't let him score 50. And, and, the, and the two guys were just like, the guy that they wanted to replace was like, look, I'm going to just be honest. I knew you was coming. He's like, I knew you were coming because you're friends with this girl. And this girl I'm friends with told me that she knew this guy that was about to come out here. And then I did the math and I figured, he's like, so I know you're here to replace me. So let's just not make this weird. And it was like, literally like the weirdest thing. And uh, yeah, so overseas is, is, is tough. And you know, my my friend, they threw him in the fire. His first game was a playoff game. Like, literally Crazy. just threw him out there, playoff game. You know, in China, they they can, man, they're, they're, they have so much pressure on Americans to score. If you don't perform in this short window, they'll just go ahead and replace you. So Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And even if you do re- uh, perform, you got a chance to be replaced. So Yeah, because it is what it is. Yeah, if you're averaging 30, and like like this particular guy was, and they feel like, oh, yeah, we got somebody that can average thirty one that's available. Okay, we'll we'll go ahead and 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 yeah, so it's definitely like that overseas. They're looking for what's next, what's better, who's out there. That's just how it is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 a grind over there. So when we return in in the next segment, we'll finish this. Uh, you know, this these draft grades are just uh, getting opinions on some of the players in the summer league. Man, when me and Andrew get to talking basketball, we can go all the way off track. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm digging the chemistry here. But when we return, I want to ask him about a, a few of the other players that I thought stood out to him in the NBA Summer League. Next, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and even UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, go over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams prep for their runs for the playoffs and even... Your teams are preparing for the start of football season. I'm a Bengals fan and, um, you know, football, Bengals, playoffs. I don't know if those words usually go together. But head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, and the promo code is locked on. All right, once again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow, with my guy, Andrew Salop from combos court the combos court podcast if you didn't check it out please check it out he's got some good stuff and he has a guest on there that i think you'll you'll be familiar with coming up in the next couple days there you go but andrew (laughs) all right bones highland what were your thoughts on bones's i don't even know if that's correct terminology bones's (laughs) on bones on how bones played how about that what was your thoughts on how Bones play? I'll just give the stats real fast. 19.9, 19.8 points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 4.8 assists per game, 40% from three. What did you think of Bones? I, I, I gave him, like, if I had to give him a grade, he, he definitely got an A in my book. Yeah, he, he, he's an A. That was, it was an A, A plus even. I mean, so there's usually like one or two guys I talk about a lot every year that I really focus in on. And I kind of feel like didn't get the just do that they deserve. And it was bones Highland from the start. Like I remember it was months ago and this is documented on my Instagram. Like he wasn't 
I didn't even see him on some second round in mocks. I don't know if people didn't think he was going to declare. I didn't know what it was, but he was always a first round prospect to me. Um, shout out turn- to you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to me, man. Um, but you know, we were just talking about the jet lag. I saw that first game, him coming in and I found out that he came right off the flight and he, you just put him on the court and it's like, he came right off the flight and played pretty well for somebody who like, just got thrown on the court like that. And I knew it was only going to get better from there. Uh, He's just a dynamic score. What I like about Bones game. And I think we talked about this on my podcast is that he's ISO score, but he gets it off quick. He doesn't hurt the flow or the continuity of the rest of the team. He played at VCU. So we know he plays defense. I think what he showed in combine and in summer league, he could play some point guard as well. So yeah, man, I'm really high on bones. I've been high on bones for a while and it's really great to see him do well. Obviously, the skeptics will say that summer league is a place where a player like Bones will thrive. Uh, you could even say that about Cam Thomas and some other bucket getters. But I think both those guys are going to be, you know, do really well in the NBA. And um, I've been on high on Bones for a while now. Yeah, I, I thought he uh, went to the perfect situation in Denver yeah. where he doesn't have to be a table setter. He can score. Yeah. And, you know, if he's your secondary ball handler, and secondary playmaker, you're you're in a good situation because as long as you got Jokic on the court, guys like him and Jamal Murray get that guys that are wired to score are able to score and not have to worry about you know making sure guys are fed because that's Jokic's Jokic's job. So um, yeah, I thought he was good. The next player I want to talk about is someone who I did not think played good, and overall I thought the Memphis Grizzlies two picks first round picks were probably the most disappointing out of the teams that had multiple picks. Zaire Williams, who I was not high on, and I'm not mm-hmm. picking on the kid. I guess my biggest question, I think I talked about it on your podcast was Zaire Williams and BJ Boston both have very disappointing freshman seasons, but Zaire was given the benefit of the doubt while BJ wasn't. Zaire went 41 picks ahead of BJ Boston. So true. that was the question that I've been asking for a while. And I was like, there's nothing that I saw on paper, nothing that I saw on film for Zaire Williams that justified him being a first round pick. The numbers were pretty bad. And for whatever reasons, he ended up being a top 10 pick (laughs) and um, I, I thought the Grizzlies reached for him. And then I also like Santi Aldama. I saw him play at the 2019 under 18s. He actually won MVP of that tournament in the same tournament that had Usman Garuba and Alperen Shingun. He struggled. And I'll give you William's stats. He, he had one good game, but overall he averaged 12 points a game, five rebounds per game, but he shot 20% from three. Um Aldemov just was was even worse. Four games, six points per game, averaged about seven rebounds, two assists, only shot 10% from three. And that's pretty, pretty concerning considering that's supposed to be his best skill set. I mean, I think he only shot 18% from the four overall and 10% from three. What did you think of, of, of the Grizzlies' two first-round picks? I mean, Zaire did have one good game where he had like 19 points against, against the Heat, but – I, th- I thought he struggled outside of that. Yeah, I think the thing is, 
uh, the thing was going in the, into the draft for like NBA decision makers was that Zaire had a really weird season, even like more of a weird season than BJ uh, because of what happened at Stanford. I think they were on the road just, the whole year. Yeah, I think I think it was really okay. strange there. And also um, Kentucky is more front and center. So BJ's dismal shooting numbers are really put on display. I think maybe Zaire was a little bit more hidden when it came to his issues in college. I think that also Zaire has some height on BJ, right? I yeah. think that helps his case a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he struggled. He, he, he does have potential. He did show some really good flashes in terms of being an athlete, like getting up and down the court, like really fast. Like I think Zaire is a pretty good athlete and he shows like he has fluidity, but he did struggle. BJ showed some flashes actually when I watched him play. He um, looked good. Yeah, yeah. He definitely showed some flashes. He probably looked better in summer league than he did in college. I think I saw him catch like a tip and dunk. That was pretty good. Like he didn't look hesitant to shoot. He didn't look like he was getting, uh, I think he tends sometimes to get too much into like his isolation bag and like that in, in the way that hurts the isolate, that hurts the continuity of the team. As I kind of mentioned the other way with bones. So BJ really did show some flashes when I saw him play and I didn't even watch the whole game when it came to BJ but while I was watching, you know, he played pretty well in summer league. Yeah, and there's no reason why there's a 41 pick difference between yeah. the two. Yeah, I, I, I would, would agree with you. I would. Agree. You would even think that the clutch factor and the Kentucky factor would help BJ. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why I, this is so weird to me. Don't you think those numbers were like? just all those dismal shooting numbers were like talked about over and over and over again. It kind of like got like thrown out there a lot. I thought. Yeah. And, but again, I could see if fans were picking, but you don't expect decision makers and NBA front office execs to fall too far into the, the fanfare. Like you would think they'd be as unbiased. I mean, of course they're human, but you would think they'd be as unbiased as, you know, as it gets and, and just judge the player as player A and player B, not from this particular school and not the ones that, you know, because obviously if you're at Kentucky and you, you struggle, your struggles are going to be magnified because it is Kentucky, but it really hurt BJ Boston. <laughs> and I would not be surprised one bit if BJ has a, a, a better career, even similar career as as Zaire Williams and if they if they did similar then I mean you can say that 41 or not 41 but a lot of teams made a mistake I thought BJ Boston I thought he was going to at least get drafted in the early 30s but I still for the life of me can't understand why he fell and Zaire shot up as the top 10 pick yeah it doesn't really make sense I, I agree with you on that um I think a team earlier in the second round could have took BJ Boston and been pretty happy with their pick because when you have a guy who's ranked that high at high school, he was there for a reason and he could always pop. Like those things don't happen for no reason. You know, when you're, when you're that high of a high school prospect. Yep. So I, I think you take somebody like that early in the second round and you should be pretty happy about it. I can see that. All right. When we return, I want to talk about Keon Johnson, a guy that was, his teammate, or at least BJ Boston's teammate in LA, who had a pretty decent summer league. But before that, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to 
stock all the parts you need. And that's why you should go to rockauto.com because you can save time and money when you use rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same exact parts from a chain store or car dealership? I know, for example, if you have a BMW and let's say your tires cost $300 at a car store, they're going to charge you $450 at the BMW dealership. They'll go buy all the tires up from the local car the local tire shops and then put that same tire in their store. So a place like rock auto is a better bank for your buck. It's also a family business. It serves do it yourselfers and it has been doing that for the last 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could want or need for your car, brake parts, tail lamps, motor motor oil and even new carpet go explore the easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, which I hope that you have, but if not, and you're a new listener, then I have to tell you about Built Bar. You guys that have been listening know how I feel about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it's the best tasting because it tastes just like a candy bar. It has a lot of different flavors. There's something for everyone. So when you talk about a person like myself that's a Built Bar fan, we love to talk about our favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, there's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and also German chocolate. I'm still eating the box that I received from the live draft show, and it has a lot of the salted caramel in there. But that's that's the flavor that I've been eating at least twice a day. I still have about 20 left, so that's how big the, the box was, but... The reason I love it is because, like I said, it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It has 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories are ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 grams net carbs. It's amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. You can get your grasshopper cookie or your raspberry, whatever you like. And Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Keon Johnson. What were your thoughts on Keon? Keon ended up being selected number 21 by the Clippers. At one point, I, I remember specifically hearing that teams loved him in the lottery. Like he was a guy that was going to go late lottery. He ended yeah. up falling on draft night. He, I thought he had a decent summer league. I mean, he, the numbers didn't really stand out. 8.6 points per game, five rebounds, only shot 20% from three, which is expected. But I think that he should be able to contribute some on the defensive end of the floor as a rookie. What were your thoughts on Keon? And were you high on him coming into the draft or coming into summer league? And I mean, how would you, how would you say his performance went based off of what you expected? Well, I think, you know, the thing that pops out to me over everything is, which is not a good thing, is like the vertical jump numbers. Like if that's the number one thing you think about when you're thinking about a prospect, it's probably not good. And when you watch him play, it's not 
like it's he doesn't it's not like Jericho Sims like it doesn't jump off the floor like how you think it would for somebody who measures like that in the testing yeah uh, you know his defense is good I think he has some uh, decent feel on defense obviously he is a good athlete um I wasn't overly impressed and I wasn't as high on him as some others going into the draft how did you feel about him I I saw a couple of Clippers games live. I thought I thought he played how I expected. I mean, to me, he's a raw prospect with just elite physical tools as an athlete, and you just hope that he can develop some skill set with his, you know, with, with the tools that he brings. I, I definitely think that his defense is ahead of his offense right now, and he may be able to carve out some minutes just uh, because of his defense. And then. Um, you know, the Clippers are probably going to take a different direction this year. It's kind of like, a, I don't want to say a lost year. I think they're going to compete, but I think they're going to, you know, play a little bit younger and try to develop some guys, whether it's him or a Jay Scrub, and try to give those guys an opportunity to to get Jason some experience. Pre- Jason, Jason Preston. Preston. Yeah. You I, know, like, I like Preston. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, I watched a game where his stats weren't that crazy. But he ran Just- the show. He, he controlled the whole game. He played with yeah. poise. Nobody could speed him up. They were trying to pressure him and speed him up, and they just couldn't. And I was thinking, like, he's going to get more and more comfortable throughout this summer league, and he's going to put up some better numbers, even though the numbers weren't great that game. And he did, and they signed him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nine points per game didn't really stand out. The five assists per game did, but he averaged five assists and only, like, a little more than one turnover per game. So, you know, we saw a lot of guards like, you know, Kate Cunningham, for example, that had a negative assist to turnover ratio and Preston shot 46 percent from three. I thought he played just like, you know, he showed his whole this whole past season. He's a guy that sets the table, runs the offense, manages the floor, makes good decisions and knocks down open threes. And I thought that I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I liked his game. In college, a lot. I was just afraid he was going to be one of those players that I like his game, but it won't really translate. And that's not my opinion anymore after watching him play in summer league. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to speed that guy up. And he has pretty good size for like a pure point guard. I think that's what he is. Like he's more of a traditional pure type point guard who really sets the table. I like his game a lot, man. And I'm even more impressed after watching him in summer league. Yep. Trey Murphy. What do you think about Trey Murphy? 16.7. Rebounds per game, shot 44% from three, had a big game. I think opening day, shot like he had like 26 points. What were your thoughts on, on, on Trey Murphy? I mean, he, he actually, in my opinion, he looked better in summer league than he did in college. And he had a pretty good season in college. I know going to Virginia, you're not going to have the sexiest numbers going to, you know, playing in that, in that system. But I, I, thought he, I thought he looked pretty good. He's a shooter, and that team needs shooting, you know. Uh, they need shooting to build around their stars. I think he was 50, 40, 90 in college and 50, 40, 90 in summer league. Right. So I know he shot a uh, 44% from three, but it, I don't have the, those numbers in front of me, but I, I definitely think that it was close to it. He's, he's been pretty efficient lately. Yeah. The guy is efficient. Uh, they're going to need his shooting. I thought they were going to take Corey Kispert if they had that pick earlier that they were going to get, but then they moved it. Kisper did not look good. I think he shot less than like 29% from three. Yeah. That's really concerning. It is summer league. You know, you don't want to get too caught up into what happened to summer league, but it's concerning because 
you you would think there's an advantage in summer league for the guys that are older, like the older prospects, the guys that are like 22, 23, and then guys that have like a specific role as shooters. You would think there's an would be an advantage there. And in Kispert's case, that that wasn't the case. But Murphy played really good. And I think for New Orleans, he can play two, three, and four for them. I think he can see some minutes in those three positions which is like a rare you know it's rare to get a guy that you can say okay we can put you at the two and but we can also play you at the four so I think he's going to be a good weapon for Willie Green and the New Orleans Pelicans do you think Corey Kispert will look better in the NBA season uh no that's tough the reason I say it's tough because I felt like if Westbrook was still there he's going to get a lot of wide open looks especially if they would have had Westbrook, Bill, Bertans, you know what I'm saying? That floor would be spread and he'd get plenty of corner threes. I mean, it's a small sample size. I don't, I try not to overreact too much in summer league because I learned my lesson with Trey Young. <laughs> he got off to yeah. a, a slow start at summer league. And I was like, see, he's too small. His shot is too low. He you know, can't get by guys. And then I thought Kevin Knox looked good. And then, you know, Kevin Knox <laughs> is <laughs> Kevin Knox and Trey Young is $200 million man. So I try not to overreact too much, but I, I do think it is somewhat of a concern that Kispert is one of the older prospects and, and he really didn't put up good numbers there. Is Dinwiddie and Bill going to get him the same looks as Westbrook and Bill? No, I, I don't think so. But it's a new offense. Uh, who did they? Uh, who's their coach? Uh, Unsell, I think uh, Wes Unsell Jr. is their mm-hmm. coach. So I don't, I don't even have a clue of what type of system or offense he's going to run. So that, that's that's a good question. All right, the last player that I wanted to talk about, and it is Davion Mitchell. Mm. Had a great summer league. Obviously, he uh, led the Kings to the championship. Those words will probably never be spoken again unless it is in summer league. Sacramento Kings oh, championship. Oh, man. I, I, I just recorded for a Kings podcast yesterday, man. Don't do that to them, man. Don't I mean, do it's been 15. <laughs> I think about it. 15 years since they made the playoffs. Like, I think about what I was wearing 15 years ago. My pants were probably huge. I know my T-shirts went... The sleeves went past my elbows. Uh, I was wearing Air Force Ones and pinwheel hats. So that's how long they've been in the playoffs. And so I think it's safe to say Sacramento Kings championship is not something you're going to hear anytime soon unless unless it's summer league. But overall, I thought Mitchell, I mean, he proved some of the doubters wrong. There are some people that thought like it was an outlier season as far as the shooting at, at Baylor. Uh, the defense looks like it's going to translate. It's to the point now where I thought he played so well that we have to ask who will be in the Kings closing lineup in close games because they struggled on the defensive end of the floor. And Mitchell is that intense defender that you need for Dane Lillard, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Westbrook, uh, Luca. You, you need that type of defender to to defend those elite guards. So two questions. What would you give him if you had to give him a a, a grade? And what do you think the Sacramento Kings lineup will be? Do you think they keep the roster as is? 
as far as the guard rotation, or do you think this draft pick was made with a trade in mind? I think that I don't think it was made with a trade in mind. I think that they thought Davion Mitchell was going to bring defense to the organization. Was it the pick I would have made? Absolutely not. With that said, Davion Mitchell in summer league, the games I saw, he was an A plus because dog. He's you know, a dog the, on the defensive you know, The effort, the motor. I were we watching that game together? I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe not. Anyway, it was anyway. And this is how I describe it to people. If you take somebody that never watched basketball and they watch the Sacramento Kings game in summer league, Davion Mitchell is going to be the first person they ask about because his motor and effort is so apparent. You don't have to know anything about basketball. You'll just see it right away. He is bouncing all over the court. I think he's even an underrated athlete. He's really fast. Yeah. Uh, the his ability to get over screens is it's pretty much incredible. Like I haven't seen a lot of guys who could do it at the level he can. And as I said, just the motor and effort on defense, that's going to translate to the NBA level. He doesn't take plays off from tip off to the end of the game in terms of the lineup. I think they're going to have to, they might just have to try it with Tyrese Fox and him and see how it goes. Yeah. He brought playoff intensity to the summer league. (laughs) Now, can he maintain that type of energy for a whole season? That's to be determined. Because that, that, I mean, he was literally defending as if his job depended on his role. I mean, it's like, dude, you're a top 10 pick. You're safe. You're going to make the team. You're going to get your money. But that just shows his character and how he, how he approaches the game. Because he had book night in prison on that one possession that we saw all over Summer League uh, and the highlights. And then Peyton Pritchard, who was having a dominant Summer League, he, I mean, looked really good against him on the defensive end. So I really want to see what the Kings, what the Kings do. Yeah. You know, shooting is a skill. Passing is a skill. Handball is a skill. Ability to play hard. Consistently for for long periods of time is a skill that not everybody has. And you're right. It's an underrated skill. Yep. And he shot 47% from three. You know, there are people that thought his shooting was an outlier season at Baylor. Again, only played five games in summer league, which is more than most guys did. Uh, but the the numbers, the shooting numbers translated. So I, I was impressed. Well, man, I want to thank you again for coming on back to back days. Where can the listeners find your incredible podcast? Oh, I appreciate that, Raphael. It's always great talking basketball with you, man. They could find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's Combos Court, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. You can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And you can find me on Twitter, Combos Court, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T, just like the podcast. Raphael, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's really always great talking basketball with you. Sometimes we get on a tangent, but I think it's because, you know, we're a dynamic duo, Raphael. You know what I mean? We just, yeah, yeah. The chemistry, the chemistry yeah. is there. You know, we're not we're not struggling to 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 play with each other. So, right, yeah, right. man, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to doing more. Um, Most definitely, Most definitely, definitely be in touch throughout the basketball season. Once again, this is Raphael with the man behind Combo's Court himself, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>